Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Lena McCool. You can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. Uh, you can also listen to him on the Best Ghost Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. We are uh, making our way through this uh, training camp preview. We have finished the offense, and today we're going to talk about some defense, finally, which I know every Cowboys fan is excited to confront the realities of their defense. Yeah. Uh, well, we're actually going to be talking about maybe one of their strengths of the defense. So it's not going to get yeah. super ugly yet. Yes. Uh, we'll save that for next week. Uh, let's talk about the Cowboys edge rushers, and I want to start with Demarcus Lawrence, Landon. Uh, we are entering uh, year eight for Demarcus Lawrence, and it's kind of hard to believe it's been this long, but uh, he's 29 years old. He's been a stable of this Cowboys defense for a long time. I think you and I both agree that Demarcus Lawrence is not only one of the most underrated players on the Cowboys, but underrated pass rushers in the league, right? I mean, he just doesn't get the same respect that some of the other top guys get. But do we need to see him kind of move up the sack total a little bit? I mean, we know that sacks aren't the most important thing in the world, but over the last two seasons, 11 and a half sacks, does he need to start producing sacks in order to justify his contract? Somebody needs to start producing sacks. Um, (laughs) And, you know, whether it's somebody working off of the the, uh, opportunities that that, that D-Law has provided for them because there's so much attention paid to him, or if it's D-Law himself, I mean, there needs to be a, a result tied to that. And, and, and again, like I said, it doesn't necessarily need to be Demarcus Lawrence getting 12 sacks, but it needs to be Demarcus Lawrence drawing a, t- a ton of attention that is also turning into other people producing. Because, uh, you know, I, and, and this isn't a this isn't putting Demarcus Lawrence on blast or anything. He's played no. uh, he's played admirably, but. Ultimately, this is a results-oriented situation, and uh, you know it hasn't been what it what it needs to be. I think Demarcus Lawrence, as far as his play, has has been good uh, for for what we expect the last two years. I, I just think, unfortunately, this defense is going to need more from him, uh, just because you know he's a he's the most talented player on a defense that doesn't have a ton of you know outward talent that, right now. So he, we really need him to do more, just because the team needs him to do more. Yeah, if you're taking the pessimistic view of Demarcus Lawrence, since 2017, his sacks have dropped every single year. His tackles for loss have dropped. His quarterback hits, 2017, he had 26 quarterback hits. Last year, he had just 10. However, it's not all his fault. He's playing lights out on almost every single snap. And I know he's been dealing with some injuries, but there's just not a lot of help around him. But listen, they're they're paying him $20 million a year to – bring down the quarterback. I do think he needs to get more than six and a half sacks a season, but again, it's not all on him. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, I think, you know, with improved 
help along the defensive line. And we'll talk about some of the people that are coming in that are also playing edge. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for, for more production. Cause if you watch him on a, you know, snap by snap basis, if you watch the tape, I mean, he's still a guy who can make plays. He's still a guy who can beat offensive tackles. He's still a guy that has a, a, a wide variety of, of moves and, and, and uh, has a lot of ways to get to the quarterback and, 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 you know, on a defense that was historically bad, I mean, he was still the guy who was making the plays on that defensive line consistently all throughout the season. And when he was off the field, the, the difference was noticeable. So I still have a lot of faith in Demarcus Lawrence uh, and that and that he could still produce. But it's, I mean, you know, it's time for for that for this D line to to be producing at, at a much higher rate, and a, most of that is going to fall. Most of that responsibility is going to fall on Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, just really quickly, I, I've always struggled with the per, uh, well, I'm, I'm, disruption is production. Remember, I think that's Josh Norris, mm-hmm. our good friend Josh yeah. Norris, talking yes. about this, right? Because. Earlier in my football life, I thought, well, listen, if you're disruptive, it doesn't necessarily result in an incomplete pass or a sack, right? Like I've seen plenty of quarterbacks be pressured and still complete passes, right? So sacks are what matters. But I think over the last couple of years, you look at the data, right? Quarterbacks, I mean, the, the, the stats of when a quarterback is pressured against when they're not pressured is just monumental, right? Quarterbacks are significantly worse when they're pressured. And that's one of the things that – Demarcus Lawrence does very well. Like his pressure rate is among the tops in the league. It's just the sack totals aren't there. So while he's not producing you double digit sacks every year, he is affecting the quarterback. It's just hard. I think for the average fan to maybe see that. I'm a big fan of disruption as production. And and I, I I do believe wholeheartedly in that because you see it when you watch the tape it's not something uh that gets sliced up well with analytics unfortunately it's because it's just it's something and and not all not all disruption is is equal right like you know and and so i think that uh it's harder to quantify but having a guy who is in the backfield all the time that a quarterback has to worry about that a uh an offensive coordinator has to account for when you know coming up with their uh with their pass blocking schemes, uh, you know, with, with, with the adjustments that have to make, to, you know, to, to that side, uh, it, it has an effect on the offense. Yes, and, and, and I think that it's not a small effect. It can be a pretty sizable one. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the other starting defensive end, Randy Gregory. Uh, he is actually 28 years old, 20, turns 29 in November. Uh, he's only played 38 games in the NFL. He actually only has one career start which is kind of amazing to believe. But um, is this the year that Randy Gregory finally breaks out? This should be it. I mean, yeah. you know. If this it doesn't is happen first... this year, it's not going to happen, right? Probably, yeah, I mean, he's – like you said, he's 29 years old. He's uh, – I mean, look – he, he, he's shown that even without an offseason, even if he's just rolling off the couch, he's one of those guys, right? He's that, uh, uh, you know, that guy who could just come off the couch and play NFL football, uh, you know, with just a little bit of, of training. And and I think, you know, there was some hesitancy last year with this coaching staff, uh, probably with Nolan, to, to get him on the field. And even McCarthy has come out and kind of given a mea culpa on, on not getting Randy Gregory back out on the field earlier. Um you know, because because why would you think that this guy would be ready, right? He like why, 270 snaps last year. That's insane I, to me. It is totally insane. And and, and again, I, I don't 
the problem is, is that Ray, he didn't know Randy Gregory like we know Randy Gregory. You know, like we've seen this tape before, before where, oh, hey, Randy's eligible this week. Let's let's see if he can play. And then he gets like two sacks and three pressures against a young Jason Peters. You know, yep. it's like, yep. so I I think that you know that you can, you can fault the, the coaching staff for not getting him enough snaps. I, I know a lot of us do, uh, but I also think it's it's hard. You know, for people that don't know Randy, it's hard to. To believe that somebody could just be out of football or not be, you know, in a football system on a regular basis and be able to play at the level he does. So this is his first year to have an actual offseason, to have an undisruptive uh, uh, full end of the season to uh, beginning of the next season. Um, And I'm excited to see what it produces. I mean, just in the last year, he's already shown that uh, he's got – you know, a, a, a much better uh, shape body for, for, for the position. He's, he's kind of bulked up. He's gotten larger. If you see, I was watching some tape last night. He looks similarly sized to Demarcus Lawrence. And I, and I had forgotten that he, that that's kind of where his size is at now. Yeah. So yep. uh, I, I think, I, I think this is the year to see exactly what we have in this guy. He still has all that juice. He still has all that gumbiness. Um, and, and, and now he's got a, a full off season of working out and, and focus on football that I think should produce hopefully great results. And again, this is a scheme that fits him really well. At least I think so, right? We've seen the Seattle, you know, cover three defense have a lot of these guys at these small undersized pass rushers. Again, he's not really undersized, but not anymore. (laughs) You know, these really bendy guys, whether it's Bruce Irvin, whether it's Cliff Averill, I mean, even uh, it was a Vic Beasley had an all pro Mm -hmm. season under Dan in Atlanta before. So, I think the scheme is perfect for him. He's set up to play a bunch of snaps. All he needs to do is stay healthy. And I think you're looking at, at minimum, eight to ten stacks. I, I just don't see a way that he's not that impactful. So, and, uh, and just, to, just to show a contrast real quick, you know, La- Quinn was a guy who actually went to Nebraska to try to recruit Randy Gregory to Florida. Uh, yes. Was it Florida? I th- yeah, I think it was Florida when he was at the defensive coordinator there. So uh, I-, I think, you know, that just shows you the kind of difference in, in the feeling between the co- previous coaching staff and, and this coaching staff with Randy Gregory, and that provides a lot of opportunity for him. I mean, as long as Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory are healthy and on the field, I actually feel pretty good about the defensive line despite some of the weaknesses at defensive tackle because those guys are just so freaking talented, right? Like if they're they're playing, they're going to be productive. So it's everything else that gets me a little bit worried, but those two guys are really, really good. Uh, I want to take a quick break to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action on Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, Landon, let's talk about some of the backups. And I think the probably the, the biggest backup and the most important backup on this team is Terrell Basham, who the Cowboys signed in free agency this offseason. They gave him a two-year deal uh, for a decent amount of money. Uh, actually played okay last year for the Jets, started nine games, had three and a half sacks, 13 quarterback hits. Um, a little bit different, I think, would think than Randy Gregory. He's got a bigger body on him. What are you expecting for from Terrell Basham in Dallas? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. They gave him a two-year deal, which is, you know, a little bit unusual uh, for the Cowboys, unless they actually really like a guy. And so I think they 
they probably see something here. And, you know, part of it, I'm sure, is that Randy Gregory's playing on, on a contract deal. So maybe it buys them a little bit of insurance for in case they can't figure something out with Randy. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I, I, You know, the idea is that he's a, a rotational defensive end. I, I'm assuming that he could probably play both sides, left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm thinking that they are hoping for maybe a little bit better showing than just three sacks, you know, even as a rotational player. Uh, but, but I think, you know, somewhere in the, you know, four to seven, hopefully range would be good for that position. Um, you know, and if that, and if that doesn't materialize, you have a couple of guys, younger guys that, uh, you feel like maybe they can push him a little bit, but I, I think that they clearly have uh, some expectations with him because of the, the deal that he signed and, and the length. Uh, and, and if, if he's going to come in and be their third defensive end, you know, you're, you're hoping that he can give you at least, you know, that, like I said, that five to seven sack range, maybe a whole bunch of pressures and, or at the very least eat up a whole bunch of run, uh, run blocking that's, snaps that's for DeMarcus right Lawrence and then maybe, and maybe have him play some more passing downs and, and, and be more disruptive that way. Yeah. Over the last two seasons, according to pro football focus, he's finished as a top 20 run defender. I think that's going to be his role. I don't think he's going to start games, but that I can definitely fair. see him eating up a lot Those of mid, middle. Yeah. Yeah. The middle, uh, the middle game. Like snaps. Yep. Yep. Second, third down, hey, you need him – or second, third quarter, you need him in the fourth quarter when the team is trying to run the clock out. That's where I think he has value. If he can get you yep. five to seven sacks, that's fantastic, but that's not really why you're paying him. You're paying him to be stout in the run game and then passable as a pass rusher. I think I think that's pretty realistic. I think he can do that job. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to, to somebody else that could have a, a big role on this team. Uh, and that's Dorrance Armstrong, right? That's somebody who has been on this team for a long time now. Uh, we're entering year four of Dorrance Armstrong. We always talk about how young he is. I think he's still only 23 years old. But Dorrance Armstrong, is he a guy that is going to be impactful on this team? Or is he maybe fighting for a roster spot? Who knows at this point, man? It's just it, – I mean – what a, what a ride the Dorrance Armstrong roller coaster has been for the last few years. I mean, you know, you saw a ton of potential from him early. He was a young player coming into the league. Uh, I remember distinctly his first training camp really being impressive. You know, for for versus expectations, certainly, right? Um, and you know, he's several different seasons been given opportunities, and it doesn't just. It seems like he hasn't been able to translate. Uh, training camp and preseason success to the regular season, right? Like it just it just hasn't been able to kind of show that same success. I, I think he has something to him. Uh, I think he has you know the skills and the talent, uh, but it's just he just doesn't seem to produce uh, when the when when the games are, are starting when the lights come on. So uh, you know I, I, this has got to be his last year on his rookie deal, um, and you know it's it's kind of we're we're nearing the end of exactly kind of the Dorrance Armstrong Armstrong project. And, and he's a guy again, who it's time to, to produce or, or, or get cut because I, I think you know, the Cowboys eat it. Yes. He's young. Yes. You know, you hope that they can develop him a little bit more, but it's also been four years and, and, and he's a guy who was a fourth rounder. And, and so if he hasn't kind of shown you that, uh, that next step or shown you the, 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 the propensity to take that next step, um, there's a lot of defensive ends on this team. 
and and we got to look at them all and 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 um you know th- there's not really a, a much uh tying him to the team here anymore because the guys that drafted him aren't here anymore so uh he's he's got as difficult a task ahead of him to make this team as he's had so far in his career yeah, last year was weird for him, right? They had him, like, covering tight ends at certain points in the season, running 30 yards down the field. Uh, they wanted him to be a designated pass rusher, which was kind of weird. It, it just seems like it hasn't clicked for Armstrong. But at the same time, he hasn't really been just tied down to one spot. Like, I think That's they true. wanted him to be a backup to Demarcus Lawrence at one point. And then he was sliding over to the right side and playing that side. So I'm really curious to see what his role is this year. Are they keeping him to one side? Are they mm-hmm. keeping him as just the backup to Dorrance Armstrong? Because if that's the case, I like him in that role better than moving all around. I just don't think – I think maybe they thought he could be the next Tyrone Crawford that could do a bunch of different things, and he's just not that, right? He, he's just not that player. It just feels like the, you know, they've, they've, they've just not known – especially last year, they just don't, don't know what to do with him. They have no you idea know? what to do with him. And yeah, maybe he it's has- because there's nothing he does exceptionally well. Well, yeah, he has the body of a guy that you would want to put at right defensive end and be a pass rusher, but he hasn't shown enough right. pass rush skills to to kind of earn that spot. So they're just throwing him out there to kind of eat up snaps as a reserve. And, you know, that's that's not ultimately the best situation. You want a guy out there who you hope can be dynamic. All right, we're going to talk about some other young defensive ends on this Cowboys roster in just a second. But I want to tell you guys about Built Bar, the absolute best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it until you experience it. Real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next box at BuiltBar.com. I also want to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Lana, let's talk about Chauncey Golston, a third-round pick for the Cowboys. It's actually the, the pick that they acquired uh, for moving back from 10 to 12. Uh, I'm not necessarily the highest on Chauncey Golston as other player, or other people are. I know our, our guy, Dane Brugler, absolutely loved him. I just think when I watched his tape at Iowa, it was a little bit underwhelming. What do you think about Golston and how he fits on this team? I mean, I think his fit is that he can fit anywhere. I mean, th- that's what I kept on seeing when I when I watched the tape is that this is a guy who, you know, is he uh, – uh, he's not Randy Gregory. Is he dynamic at any one particular thing? Not not particularly. But he can do 
well almost everything that you could ask a defensive lineman at, at Iowa they asked him to 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 play you know obviously defensive end they asked him to kick inside to rush the passer as a defensive tackle they asked him to stand up at times and rush as a defensive end uh you know you see him recovering fumbles getting interceptions like you know moving around up and down the defensive line i i like him a lot because i think that he you know, he, he probably will never be even close to a double-digit sack guy. I mean, I, I think it, it, it kind of hoping for that is is probably not what is going to happen. It's not in the skill set. Yep. But but what he can be is, I mean, you want to talk about a Tyrone Crawford type, I think that's what he where he can do this job because I think he can immediately come in and probably give you snaps at a couple different spots, uh, be kind of a utility player. And, and you know, if you look at the, the makeup, of, if we just took a step back real quick from the defensive line and look at the makeup of, of the players that are on here, there's a couple other guys, Bradley and I, you know, Brent Urban, I mean, Bradley and I and Brent Urban could not be on further scales for, while playing, you know, similarly the same position. You know what I'm saying? So outside of Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence, you have an interesting collection of of body types and talent. I think Golson is the guy who is the glue guy for all that, right? Because he mm. can play inside, he can play outside. So that way, you can deploy uh, uh, a couple of these other players in spots that put them in the best position to succeed and then use Golson as the guy who, okay, who's the defensive tackle in this situation? All right, we'll use Golson there. Okay. Who's our defensive end when we're trying to kick in uh, uh, just Demarcus Lawrence inside or, or something like that. Okay. We can use Golson. I think Golson can kind of really help facilitate a lot of the kind of moving around of these pieces uh, with his versatility. I think Golston is the one guy that when you go to training camp, Landon, I'm most excited to hear your reports back on what he looks like, right? Because I honestly don't know. I, it, there was part of me at when he was at Iowa, when he was playing defensive end, I just didn't love him. He just is not bursty at all. A lot of his plays were like the cleanup stuff, right? He wasn't the one initiating stuff. And if you're not doing that in college, then why should I trust you to do it in the NFL? Are you just going to be a glorified cleanup guy in the NFL? Maybe, maybe that's his role, but I, I do think you're right. I think he's got the chance to be this utility guy. Maybe your fifth or sixth defensive lineman on the team that just fills in the gaps, right? And if he can do that really well, like Tyrone Crawford did for nearly nearly a decade, it's certainly going to be worth the pick. I just have no expectation for him going in right now. I, I just I have no idea what he's going to offer this year, next year, and beyond. Can just I can I is. can I can I make a, a, a case for cleanup guys? I, I think. There is a place for cleanup guys in the NFL because you can't always win early. You can't always win right off the snap. And, 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 and a lot of those guys who are, are went off the snap guys may not have the – because they're so bursty and, uh, you know, electric, they, they, they run out of, of juice quickly on the snap. Guys like Golson don't stop. You know, like yep. they, they, they yep. just keep coming at you. So if Randy Gregory gets around the corner, pushes the quarterback up into the pocket – uh, he's not going to be able to stay there very long because Golson's going to find a way to grab, discard, and then get to the quarterback, or at least get his hands in front of the quarterback. So I, de- I definitely agree. This is not a guy who is, <laughs> you know, gumbying away his way around a, a no, tackle no. And, and, and going underneath the table, you know, as they say. Uh, but what this guy will do is he, he won't remain blocked. He won't stay blocked for the whole snap. So if the first guy doesn't get you and you're trying to avoid the, that first guy – he'll be that second guy to hit you when you step up into the the unoccupied space. 
All right, let's go ahead and move on to some other guys. Are we going to save Brent Urban for the defensive tackles? Because I, I know the Cowboys have him listed as a defensive end, but he's really a defensive tackle, right? I think, you know, let's save him for defensive tackles, and but we do need to keep in mind that he will be playing some, and if not a lot of defensive end. Still going to be weird to me seeing a 300-pound defensive tackle. I shouldn't be because we saw Red Bryant play. play yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I just think his, his – He's better as a one technique, but we'll we'll save that for a different one. Uh, well, you just real quick, you're trying to steal gaps, is what you're trying yeah, to do. Yeah. It, 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 you know, in a one gap scheme, you're trying to get one guy who can run a two gap scheme, and then that gives you an extra guy to drop into coverage. That's the whole thought process there. Gotcha. Um, all right, we'll just touch on some of these other guys before we head out. Uh, there's Bradley and I. I know a fan favorite from our guy John Owning. There's Rondell Carter. Uh, the Azura Kamara, who the Cowboys actually kept in the practice squad all last year from Kansas. Do any of these guys do anything for you? I mean, Bradley and I, I you know, um, shout out to recently verified a yeah, uh, friend of the show, John Owning. Um, yeah, you know, I, and I obviously is a guy who is uh, not physically, you know, impressive as a defensive end necessarily. He's kind of undersized, shorter arms. Uh, but, I mean, understands leverage, understands how to use his hands, understands how to get to the pass, uh, to, to the quarterback. Um, last year, you know, there was obviously a lot of disappointment, especially from John and, and others. Uh, you know, he only got three snaps uh, rushing the passer, I think. He, he did get a, a pressure on one of those three snaps, uh, but but he did only get three snaps, and he got something like, I don't know, like 200 uh, uh, special team snaps. So he did play some special teams. Look, Anai has got to find a way to make himself, uh, uh, you know, necessary on this team. He's yeah. got to become a better special teams player in order to kind of justify his spot on the roster, and then he's got to impress this this uh, team, uh, this this coaching staff as as a pass rusher in training camp. I think he, he might be like Dorrance Armstrong, right? Like he's got to be significantly better than him. Yes, exactly. Uh, and maybe and maybe really. And maybe not that much, right? Like, I mean, because he is cheaper. He, you do have him for longer. Um, I, but I think that Dorrance Armstrong is the guy that 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 he's competing with. And and I yeah. think the, this, he, even though the the previous team coaching staff drafted him, I actually kind of think he might be a better fit here than he was with the oh, previous staff, simply because 100%. they 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 love undersized pass rushers. They have no problem with with that. And so now they typically uh, like guys that have some athleticism with absolutely. the undersized, right? Like that's they'll settle for undersized guys if you have a lot of juice. Unfortunately, absolutely. it's just not something that Anai has. That is that is a very good point, and I think that that you know that is why we aren't talking him up more but I, I but i guess the point is that they will accept undersized pass rushers if you can produce one way or another whether that's through athleticism or in bradley and i's case hopefully with with his skill set so it'll be very interesting to see exactly you know what how that plays out but he's he's got a quite an uphill battle and, and it is going to be a very good interesting battle to see what what comes out of the dorrance armstrong versus bradley and i uh roster fight i just want to mention one more guy rondell carter um yeah we have not seen him play at all for the Cowboys. There was, I mean, again, very little training camp last year, no preseason. Uh, but the Cowboys actually, I think they cut him earlier in the season. They they kept him on the roster. They released him, and the Colts picked him up. And they were very, very upset when the Colts uh, decided to claim him. Uh, the Cowboys were eventually able to, to grab Carter back, put him on the team. And, again, I have no idea what he's going to be like in the NFL. It's just somebody that I know the front office is really high on. He's another one of these bigger defensive ends, like 275, 
280 pounds. But if you want a big base end to help you, you know, on rundowns, maybe Rondell Carter is the guy and it's not Dorrance Armstrong and it's not Bradley and I, maybe Rondell Carter has a, a, a better way to the roster than those guys. So just telling you to keep an eye on them. I, I also wouldn't be surprised, Landon, before we go, if this is a spot, just a defensive end position in general, yep. where the Cowboys are looking for trades, free agency. Uh, was it about this time last year they went out and signed Everson Griffin? I don't think they're going to do a move like that. But if somebody's available in a trade or gets cut late in training camp before roster cuts, I don't think the Cowboys would be opposed to that. Yeah, I, I, to me, this uh, we—I mean, it's the same positions, but defensive end, defensive tackle, safety—those yeah. are all positions that they, or maybe even corner that they could target at, at, in the middle of training camp for free agents or post training camp for free agents yes. or, or yes. trades. Just because if there's an opportunity to get one of those positions stronger, they need to do that. They can't have both spots at pass rusher and pass uh, coverage both be kind of middling. They need they need some sort of a, a dominant. Yeah. player there and i don't anticipate a move now like they want to get to training camp and see what their guys look like exactly the first two weeks of practice into the preseason but listen if we get to week one and you don't feel good about your defensive ends and justin houston's still sitting out there yep. that makes a lot of sense or melvin ingram who has experience in this t- sort of defense that would make some sense as well that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, continue to support us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you next time.